hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Podcast Pasta. I'm your host, Mike, and today we're going to do it, team. We're going to be the podcast that's like pasta and the podcast that's about pasta. That's right. We hit it. We're doing the pasta episode. Pasta podcast, eat your fucking heart out. Nah, I'm just kidding. They're, they're, they're fine. You know, keep fighting the good fight. But, um, so, so what am I exactly doing, right? Well, to celebrate the fact that I got to the 10th episode, my first 10 episodes, I want to do something more casual that I've been planning for, you know, ever since the start of this series. And I want to talk about pasta, right? Kind of more laid back discussion, talk about my own experience with it. Maybe go over some like cooking methods to help raise your pasta, your pasta to the next level, you know, the next tier. Uh, discuss, you know, uh, and maybe pasta in the movies, you know, because I mean, I, I should relate it somehow to movies since that's, you know, that's part of what I do with this podcast anyways. And maybe a little bit towards the end, um, I want to talk about or possibly talk about like some media stuff not related to pasta, just, you know, that doesn't really deserve its own episode or even like mini episode. But uh, pasta, what what is it like? What what do you do with it? Apparently, in my notes, you eat it. First, I'm hearing of that. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, okay. So start this little to open the past the pasta dialogues correctly. We gotta start from the beginning. You know, really just go have a general overview of what I'm gonna encapsulate as most Midwest. I for context. Uh, I live in the United States, right? So this experience doesn't pertain to like all my viewers because I know I have some like European viewers and you guys just have, you have Italy right there. So you just like go over and have like a more authentic first pasta experience unlike here in the States, right? Except, you know, maybe if you live in New York. But I'm gonna try and encapsulate for like a lot of Midwesterners, you know? who don't really have a lot of ties to like Italy or what have you, what the, how the first pasta experience usually goes down. So the quintessential first pasta dish is usually your mom's pasta, right? It's, it's your mom's, <laughs> for lack of better words, it's your mom's spaghetti, right? So let me, let me paint the picture for you. You're in elementary school, I wanna say like second or third grade, right? or possibly earlier, but in general, you're like a young kid, right? Now, you had like a decent day at school, right? Nothing bad happened, but you know, nothing amazing, just standard run of the mill, right? So you come back home, right? And your mom decides, oh man, I found like some cheap pasta, some cheap tomato sauce. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some spaghetti, right? You know, get, get a little, you know, have a little fun, you know, with today's dinner and makes some spinach so she gets the pasta out now it's very generic generic pasta like i'm talking about like if your family was on the poorer end of things it probably had like no labels great value brand or what have you like the very very cheap works for what it is type pasta right so she breaks that open gets out the pot fills it with water cranks the stove to uh, medium, medium high heat, uh, puts the pasta in, cooks it for like seven or eight, 10 minutes. I think that's usually roughly what it takes. 
So pasta cooks like that. Eventually finishes, she drains out the water, all the pasta water, so you can't just, I'm gonna, and you know, as binging with that, it's just told us that is like a major no-no. You should never fucking do that. I'll, I'll probably get into that later. Um, but drains all the pasta water out, plates the pasta, right? Gets out the tomato sauce. Now this tomato sauce is probably like in a tin, right? None of the fancy stuff, like probably like Hunt's tomatoes or even even cheaper than that. Again, just great value. Just tomato sauce, just fucking first thing your mom found on the shelf, just picked it right out. Cr- opening it up, maybe cooks in the pot. Sometimes I've seen moms that don't. I don't know if you have to actually cook tomato sauce if it's in a can but anyways opens that up just pours the sauce right on top doesn't even try mixing it in pours the sauce right on top and then sometimes if you're lucky you get like that you know sawdust like parmesan cheese you know like the the fake parmesan cheese not real parmigiano you know just and sprinkle just cakes it right on top of that spaghetti, right? And not not that there's anything wrong with that Parmesan. I mean, I like it if, you know, I, I want some extra cheese and like some cheap pizza or something. But yeah, I mean, come on guys. It's, it's not really good cheese. It's not the good stuff, you know? It's not that crack coat cane of fucking pasta cheese. And there you go. That's, that's how most people in America usually get their first pasta experience. It's just very... And, and it's good. It's delicious for what it is, right? Like, the fact that we've even gone to this point in, like, our ability to make food where even something like that could just be okay, con- considering the whole idea that it would be, it's, like, people in the past have just never been able to make, like, like didn't really have access to this type of food at all. But it's usually the first go-to pasta, uh, pasta that most people have. And naturally, as you get older, you kind of, you hopefully, hopefully, because otherwise, because listen, life's too short to just settle on your first pasta experiences. Like, yep, that's, that's pasta. That's, that's how it tastes. That's how it is. And if you guys are, I'd recommend trying more pasta out there because there is a shit ton of more delicious dishes, delicious ideas that you can have. And part of that kind of extends from the fact that, like, once you definitely start exploring, like, a lot of the crazy pasta shapes and what people, and the dishes that people make from that. And kind of transitioning into my next idea, I have a pasta shapes dictionary and guide up here, and I kind of want to discuss, like, some of my personal favorite pastas that over the years has, you know, I've eaten more than just mom's spaghetti. Uh, that I've grown to like, that I've grown to enjoy. Now, I don't know if the guide I have up here is, like, exhaustive. But lists, like, you know, a few different ones. Some that I'm not even, like, fully aware of. Like, I've never heard of a... Radiatori. Radiatori? Yeah, Radiatori. I've never heard of fucking that. But anyways, for me... Top tier pasta has to be, you know what, now looking, 
at this guide, I'm kind of conflicted. Because part of me wants to see tortellini, I think is my go like my favorite pasta shape, right? Because it's it's stuffed pasta, right? Now I know ravioli is also stuffed pasta, but like tortellini is like the stuffed pasta with class, you know? It looks very decent. It has a really beautiful shade to it. Like fucking fucking beautiful. Like ravioli is like the factory stuffed pasta. Like you can make that shit in a factory, but like tortellini to get it really good, you need to put the extra care. You need to fold it like, you know, like a Italian dumpling, you know, just really fold it in. Just to really get it in there. Um, in terms of my favorite stuffing for tortellini, well, sausage has to be up there, right? Sweet, sweet Italian sausage. That's like one of the big ones, but I'm also biased towards, uh, cheese. And I think one time, I can't remember if I actually had this one time or if I just saw it because, um, I watch a lot of food related YouTube videos when I'm not doing like media analysis stuff, but, um, I think it was like a, what's the cheese? It's like with spinach and you usually mix in, it's like a very crumbly cheese, like feta, I think. Like Doralini stuffed with like spinach and feta or something like that, you know? But that fucking, oh God, I love spinach and feta. Like with fucking um, spinach puffs, holy shit. They could fucking replace my blood with that shit and that'd be a-okay. <laughs> But that's that's top tier for me, and then most things kind of fill in from there. So you have like spaghetti's pretty decent, I think, and I think spaghetti and penne are like good mid-tier pastas. You know, like people know it, right? And there's a lot of good things you could do with it, but it's like it's like entry level, right? Like if you've never eaten Italian dishes at all, or you don't really have a lot of access to it those are the two most common pastas they usually get is either spaghetti or penne right or maybe elbow if like you know for mac and cheese but that's like you know that's a whole other different thing although mac and cheese is the bee's knees i do like mac and cheese my gut doesn't like mac and cheese but i fucking love mac and cheese so I would also throw elbow, um, like macaroni and like mid tier too, because it's like the same principle applies. Uh, and for and everything else would just kind of file into like that. Uh, for me, low tier would have to be. Uh, how the hell do you say this? Like, Arroyo's. O-R-Z-O, because that's just basically, it, it's rice, guys. It's like very elaborate rice. You know, if you guys know what I'm talking about, it's like that pasta that like is like very thick, like rice, right? But I mean, that's just, ah, it's, it's low tier, right? That's not pasta, you're just faking it. You're just faking being rice, come on. You, you gotta be better than that. You're better than that pasta. Don't, don't let, don't, don't let yourself down, right? And to me, now this is going to be kind of a weird point, right? But lasagna is kind of a, a low tier pasta. Now I think it's above Orozo, 
or fuck, I don't know how you say it, man. Orzio, that that pasta, right? The rice pasta. Now it's above that, but for me it's low tier because you gotta think in terms of utility, right? Like outside of making lasagna pasta dishes, right? What else can you really do with it? You know, now this might be just granted my arrogance because I I'm not like a cook. Like I enjoy watching food content, but I'm I'm not like a master of like pasta dishes or whatever. Um, so why like why the hell am I even doing an episode on? Shut up. Point is, lasagna I feel like is very limited in terms of utility, especially when you compare it to like I said, like my boy Tortellini, you could like stuff whatever you want in it as long as it just fits in there, right? And again, it's not that hard to get stuff to like fit in there, right? It looks elegant. You you can't go wrong with it, but with like lasagna, and then you have like the weird way you have to cook lasagna. Like sometimes you get it to where you have to like part, like boil it first and then lay it out on like the sh- like in sheets, right? Sometimes you get like the oven ready one where it's like you could just put it, you could just set it up right from the get go. Um, and it's just too complicated. It's too complicated with tortellini. You just fucking put it. You just boil it, and you're good. You're good, right? And it's also it's it's the meme pasta. It's the joke pasta, right? Because of Garfield, right? So you can't eat it seriously anymore, without like laughing, because like, what am I, an orange cat? You know, get, get lasagna out of here. Bump, bumping it down a low tier. Get get it out of here. Turn it off. But uh, now. In addition to also exploring like different types of pasta in order to like really level up like your the whole experience for you, uh, the other thing you gotta do is working on the technique, like because I, I feel like that's the core of most cooking is like in technique, right? Because you can even get like simple dishes like butter noodles, and like as uh, binging with Bamish has demonstrated, you know, you can like elevate the dish just from like the right technique and the right materials, right? So I have like an article here. I don't know how like verified this article is. You know, it's not. I don't know if it's peer reviewed by like the pasta. Uh, fucking, I'm trying to think of like another like p word that's like the pasta professionals there you go damn dude i am on my game today anyways the pasta professionals i don't know if it's peer-reviewed by them like if this is like go to yes you should definitely do these tips but i've i've skimmed it over and it, it checks out with me at least okay so they list off a few different 10 tip tips and tricks Tips and tricks for how to cook better pasta, and if you want to like get that better pasta experience, some of these can be pretty helpful. So, number one is don't put oil in your water or on your pasta. You know what? I should link this article too when I publish this episode. I'll make a note of that. But so the first one is don't put oil in your water or on your pasta, which was a trick that I would usually do too because I've heard that it helps like prevent it from sticking. But I think that's apparently a myth, right? Like I think as long as you just keep stirring it, your pasta will be fine. It won't like stick or anything at all. Uh, two is fill your pot properly. Uh, now this one's interesting because they say 
cold water. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because usually I would do it like warm water. But I think with cold water makes more sense too. But basically, you know, getting the right proportion of it. I think there's even like a YouTube video. I wish I could remember the specific guy where he goes into like this whole idea of like just using less water in general. That like people use too much water and that's why it, um, it takes like quite a bit of time to cook like pasta. But if you like use less water in like a smaller pan it kind of equates to like helping cook your pasta super fucking fast and that's like what a lot of restaurants honestly do even but also with a lot of really good restaurants they use fresh pasta which naturally just cooks faster so there's that advantage if you can use fresh pasta but i mean i'll be the first to admit making making fresh pasta can be labor extensive right like it, I know it's a lot easier just to buy it in the store. Like I get it, right? Now this one's weird. Salt your water like the sea. Now I've heard mixed things. I've heard some people say that. Well, no. No, I might be. I might be mistaking what they're going with. But yeah, salt, salting your water can definitely absolutely help uh, because I think it helps like with. Uh, the temperature in which the water takes to boil it takes i think a little bit longer so it helps like the cost pasta cook better so that makes sense bring water to a rapid boil before adding the pasta of course that makes sense right and i think even like in your generic like uh, pasta packaging they just recommend that so absolutely drop and stir like i said you know just as long as you keep stirring it, it won't stick to the sides uh, check the package for timing. This is, of course, assuming you're using packaged pasta. Always save some cooking water. Yes. This is one point that Bidging with Babbage always, always makes a point to mention. Is that you got to save that cooking water to where when you finish the pasta in the sauce, like whatever sauce you're using, that, that sauce adheres to it with this pasta water. Fucking can't stress this fucking piece of advice enough always a good idea now next one drain don't dry drain your pasta enough to remove most of the water but don't let drained pasta sit and dry off oh okay who who does that who just lets their pasta dry that's weird that, okay that's weird that's very weird yeah don't don't do that guys come on come on you're better than that you're better than that you're just better than that come on Okay, so add pastas to sauce, not the other way around. Yeah, I can see that. That's kind of in line with like just finishing the pasta and the sauce. But I didn't know if it really mattered if you did like one over the other. But I, I don't know if it's that big of an issue. But maybe I'll try that. And of course, like adding some pasta water. So that kind of just ties in with like saving some of the cooking water. But uh, there you go. If you want to elevate your pasta game, those are some tips to do it. I think this really only pertains to like very specifically, you know, like if you're going with like spaghetti or penne, I don't know, like if a lot of these tips also apply to like fucking low tier lasagna or rosa, but you get the idea, right? Like just little tips that can help you perfect your pasta game in addition to getting like some of the high class fucking um, 
materials, you know, <laughs> fucking, anyways, um, yeah, and it's weird to think about, like, I, I think I, I went over in, like, previous episodes why I named this, like, pasta podcast, it's not so much because I have, like, I, I love pasta, but it's not, like, an insane love for it, you know, because I'm not, like, in general, I like to eat, but I don't like to cook, you know, I'm, like, one of those guys, right? So, for me, it was just, like, more of, well, one, the internet culture of, like, you know, uh, copy pasta that was, like, the whole motive for my thing. But more, it was also, like, kind of the cultural prevalence of, like, pasta in media is also kind of an interesting thing to think about, especially, like, in the movies, right? Like, how it, food in general is, like, um, God, how would I say this? Like, food carries its own weird meaning in, like, movies and cinema, right? So, a lot of people could say that, you know, every good... And this is just a fucking stereotype. Just, I, I fucking hate that I have to mention this. But, like, most Italian mobster movies have to have, like, some reference to, like, pasta or food. Because, you know, uh, the mafioso culture is apparently very... Uh, at least from the perspective of films is very fixated on like food as like a fixture right but um nevertheless besides from any of that uh my favorite pasta dish i think in a movie would have to be uh ah, it's hard to not go with like the goodfellas like prison sauce scene you know where they make like you know, with Italian sausage and everything. Binging and Babish did an episode where he basically made that from scrap and it fucking looked delicious. I don't know what it is. I think I just like sausage and fucking uh, pasta. That's why, again, tortellini, top tier. Because you just stuff it in. You just, you, you know, it's like it's like sex. It's like love making. They just fucking, boom, just together. Right? But, um, and I think there's, like, I don't know, like, one point that you can make from, a Chef, the, uh, God, what the fuck's the director's name? He did, like, all the Marvel movies. Well, not all the Marvel movies, mainly Iron Man. Uh, hold on. Shit, this is gonna drive me nuts. Favreau, John Favreau, there you go. Like in his movie, uh, Chef, it kind of made me realize that the process of like, uh, I think in particular cooking pasta because like a lot of people are so familiar with it. There's there's this almost elegance to where if it's done really well, it look it looks really good on like on um, on the big screen, you know, or like just in movies in general. So I think that's why it's like kind of a a go-to for a lot of like films that like tackle that don't necessarily tackle food but like involve food in some way right but um i didn't really have a lot for that section to be honest i don't know why the fuck i put it on this notepad but anyways i'm gonna take a small tiny tiny little break and then we're gonna get back to just wrapping up this episode talking about maybe some you know um 
that's basically all I, I have to say about pasta. Uh, if you guys want to discuss some more, um, just do it. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say do it in the comments, but I just realized that fucking Anchor doesn't have a comments section. What am I, an idiot? But anyways, yeah, take a small break. I'll be right back with you. And see you guys in a sec. Not see you guys in a sec. God fucking damn it. Okay, you know what I mean. Alright, welcome back. This is the second part of the famed pasta episode. I'm saying it's fame. I'm saying it's fame like it's already like gonna be well known or whatever. But anyways, uh, to kind of wrap up this, you know, little more casual episode, I want to talk about like uh, just some weird like media stuff, non-important stuff, right? Just you know, nothing too deep or anything like that. But one of the first really big ones is that recently I've been rewatching. Uh, Frasier when I eat because usually when I eat I usually I, I tend to watch uh, like just sitcoms right because it's just it, it's easy watching while I eat you know I don't want to I don't want to think while I'm you know trying to enjoy a meal right so I've been re-watching Frasier which general opinion on the show it's all right it hasn't exactly aged well with the time but not a lot of comedies really do uh, if you want to watch an interesting video on that, I'd recommend. And I know I've recommended him multiple times, but Renegade Cut actually did like a little uh, video essay where he discussed why that is the case, like why a lot of comedies in general don't really age that great. But other than that, though, I think Frazier's still alright. Uh, has kind of some weird issues. Uh, and when I think about it, I think, like, Frasier was kind of this weird progenitor, is that how you say it? Like, predecessor? Yeah, like, kind of spiritual predecessor to, like, the Big Bang Theory in the sense that they both kind of had, like, some of the same problems in terms of how they tackle uh, masculinity and different social issues like that but I don't want to get too much into that here um, maybe it's own episode I doubt it don't hold your breath on that one um, but anyways one one thing that I did notice is that uh, and honestly it's weird how people actually think that Frasier was like the smartest show on TV you know at one time but um one thing that I did notice is that Frasier kind of also shares uh, a kind of running thread with like The Office, right? So, and what that is, is that they both basically have that one romance of like, will they, won't they, right? Like in The Office, you have uh, Jim and Pam, right? And just to preface this, I'm not the big, just to preface anything I'm going to say about The Office, I'm not the biggest fan of it. The only reason why I kind of know it is because my brother watches it a lot and so when I hang out with him I just watch it with him and it's alright it's very like it's a very milk toast sitcom like 
obviously trying to hit like the stay-at-home mom crowd, you know, so they can't go. You know, it's just very, in my opinion, bland. Like you'll never see them tackle like intense societal issues in an episode. You know, you, you would never see them tackle like any major, I think, societal issues in like The Office because it's just not what it's meant to be. And you can say that for most sitcoms, but anyways, anyways. So you had the office romance with Jim and Pam, and you kind of wonder, will they? Won't they? You know. And it carries out for like I can't remember how long it actually goes, like how many seasons they actually go, not being like a couple, you know. And、uh, Frasier also has that too, and I know for a fact that in Frasier though it lasts way longer. Like you have it in Frasier with Niles and Daphne, right? And they only get together in the final season, so Office fans have no right to fucking bitch, right? Especially when compared to like Frasier fans. But to me, that whole trend between the two shows is weird because I, I guess the main like kind of. Debate that kind of goes on my, in my head is which one did like which one is like more annoying, right? Because people were kind of very annoyed by the like the office, maybe like the nebulous nature of the romance between like Jim and Pam. But to me, Frasier's is way more annoying. Like if you actually watch it through, and part of that is like I know people have. Kind of said like Jim's kind of this weird nice guy where it's like, oh I'm, you know like you're super friendly and like flirting with the girl even though you know she's clearly with somebody right like that's、uh, very weird. But in Frasier, that context has taken a higher level because、uh, Niles is married. When he's fucking doing this, right? When he's pining over Daphne, so to me that's like just just elevated to like a whole other weirder kind of creepier level, right? And I know the show tries to justify it by like making Maris, which is Niles's wife, like just this very vile like woman, not like vile like evil, but like she's very. Unpleasant. It's it's very weird how they do it.、And、it's kind of like a weird carryover from like Cheers, where they also did it with、uh, Norm's wife, where it's a character you never see, but just like from the description they like and the jokes made about that character, you get the sense that they're not the most pleasant to be around, right? So it's kind of like this weird.、Uh, Whole take where they try and like justify Niles like pining over Daphne because you know the show really tries to frame it like oh they're meant to be together. Where obviously you don't get that as much in the off. I mean, you do when you don't. But again, I just think it's worse than Frasier. Like it's just a whole other weird angle. And the weird and the thing is, it isn't because of like. Um, how they write Niles, right? Because the thing is, I like Niles as a character more than Jim, right? 
Because my issue with Jim is he's kind of like the the moral center everyman of the series, right? So he's supposed to be like the one that's like when Michael Scott does something stupid, he's one of the characters that's like stops him. He's like, "Whoa, what are you doing? This is kind of fucking stupid," or whatever, right? Yeah, and the issue with characters like that is that you can't give them really strong personalities without like alienating them away from like the everyman like identity that they're like supposed to kind of have. Where Niles, you don't get that issue. Like he has a very like engaging personality. Whether or not you like him as a character, that's one thing. But you can't deny that he does definitely have a. Def- Defined personality that is just like to put it this way. I could watch an episode of Frasier that just focused on Niles, right? Like just followed him throughout. But I don't think I could watch an episode of The Office that just focused on Jim without any of the other characters. You know, I feel like you can't do the other way with like Niles. So it's not even like. That Niles is like a worse character in, than Jim, and that's why I don't like the whole romance in Frasier. But it's just the whole weird framing of like he's married. It takes like the whole series until the very end for them to like kind of get together.、Uh, a lot of the specific like jokes, like he would like smell her hair. Like yeah, right. That's fucking weird. You know, like Jim would never do that, right? Um, I think I guess in the office they made more of the establishment that like this might be a weird point to make, but、um, that like if Jim and Pam never got together as like a couple, they would still be good friends, right? Where I don't think you would get the same context with like Niles and Daphne because like he's like obsessively in love with her, you know, and they're not like really. Like friends, he just becomes super infatuated with her, like love at first sight, and then it just also so happens that they work well as a couple. But that's my whole fucking rant on fucking that.、And、I just want to like talk about it because I know it's very hard to find people that like have watched both series. But I'm I'm curious to get.、Um, To like get more people's reaction on that because that's like my take. I think like I don't know the romance in Frasier is very weird. And the thing is, I don't even like the romance of fucking The Office either. I, I'm with a lot of critics too. I fucking it's just very weird. In general, can we stop doing romances like that? You know, especially in like the dawn of the age of like the nice guy and like. All the weird manosphere stuff of like Cynipus is like ah,、uh, it's just not a good way to do like a romance anymore. It has its own weird like tropes and stuff. I'm just not for it. But to be fair, I'm not a big romance guy either. So naturally, those elements of shows aren't meant to appeal to me. But that's the end of that little rant there. Um, anything else really major, or not major to talk about?、Um, I guess to kind of do more of my journalistic job, like I did with some of my earlier episodes. 
Uh, I read in the news recently that DC Universe, which was like the streaming platform for like Doom Patrol,、uh, the Harley Quinn animated series, Titans, all the like DC like properties,、um, that service DC Universe is no longer going to be the streaming platform. Now I think they're just going to focus on like、uh, comics. So for any of my viewers or not fucking viewers, I know I do that a lot. When I fucking record these episodes, but to a lot of my listeners,、uh, if you have, if you subscribe to DC Universe, right,、um, and but you don't want the comic content, I would recommend unsubscribing and get on HBO Max because that's where a lot of the shows are moving. Right,、um, Doom Patrol's,、uh, I think, also getting a season three. I still want to start that series, but.、Um, I just haven't had the time, and、uh, my brother is the one that has HBO Max, and I haven't been able to really go over because of, you know pandemic. But I'm looking forward to catching up on Doom Patrol when I can. Now, pretty soon I get Fargo though, which I'm super excited about. Oh man, I can't wait! So that's gonna be a lot of fun.、Um, I was mulling over if I want to do、uh, a Fargo episode in the future, talking about it. That's a maybe. But yeah, definitely looking forward to that.、Um, trying to think if there's anything else really major that I want to discuss.、Uh, No, I think that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you guys so much for joining me. I know this episode was kind of scatterbrained and all over the place, but you know what else is new? It's my fault for not fucking scripting this shit, but you know, that that's the life I chose for myself. Uh, if you guys want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at podcasting pasta, all one word. The P's are capitalized. Again, that's at podcasting pasta. You can reply in the Twitter com、uh, in the Twitter comments when I post the update to this episode. What do you think about pasta? You know, engage more in the pasta dialogues because I think it's important that we engage critically in you know the food we eat, the media we watch, all that good jazz.、Uh, if you want to support the show, I have options to do so through. Anchor. I know through Anchor it's more of like a subscription service based thing. So if you don't want to do that, on my Twitter I have a link to my、uh, coffee, Ko-fi account, what have you.、Uh, so please feel free to drop some money if you can. Would really be nice. Don't stress about it though.、Uh, take care of yourself, guys. This episode was a lot of fun to do, and here's to the next ten episodes. Thank you. Thank、you